rescue op, save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Jurassic World one minute time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And in this episode we're discussing Minute 2 of Fallen Kingdom. But before we get to that, David, heading over to Jurassic-pedia once again, we have a, um article up here uh, focusing on the uh, June 2016 incident that we're seeing in the first part of Fallen Kingdom, the mercenaries on Nublar. And we do get uh, a lot of this sort of stuff filled in later with Camp Cretaceous and that, who these guys are, what they're here for, um, this team going after uh, the Indominus Marine One isn't the only faction on the island. We've also got uh, I can't remember if it's Marine or Air Two or Land Two or whatever, but they're going after Henry Rue's uh, laptop in his one of his labs. Um, we get all the uh, hijinks from that in Camp Cretaceous Season Three. So a good little bit of uh, article here that sort of goes into what we what we're seeing in um, in this opening sequence. Mm-hmm. You haven't got anything from that about the article? Um, no, really. I mean, we kind of covered what a lot of it from uh, last episode. Mm. Yeah, so for, for a full play-by-play on uh, what we get in the start of Fallen Kingdom here, um, head over to drastic-pedia.com for this article and many more. I think that we should allow our magnificent, glorious dinosaurs to be taken out by the volcano. Dave, ready to get into Minute 2 of Fallen Kingdom? I am. Alright, Minute 2 of Fallen Kingdom opens with a second sound, a second round of production logos, and ends with the submersible entering the landlocked lagoon. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I, we probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> as, the, uh, as the minute ends, um, or last minute, or the first minute ended, um, we got our final credit for Legacy Pictures and Perfect World Pictures, which I'm guessing Perfect World Pictures is um, Bayona's production company? I'm not actually sure, but I would assume so. Mm. Just since, um, really, he's the only uh, change in the production team between Jurassic World and here, so... But um, we continue uh, moving through the dark water, and we can hear a ping of a submarine sonar confirming that we are, in fact, underwater. And as the debris passes the camera, we start to see a set of uh, lights and a two-man submarine... I've I've Googled, I've done everything, I can't find any information on this submarine at all. So obviously some sort of custom custom prop made for the film. I don't yeah. once believe that this submarine is actually underwater. <laughs> we're we're watching CG stuff like past the screen here. Though would a submersible I mean it's not even really much of a submarine, it's like a more of a submersible. Would it even have a sonar? Well, that's why it's got a big bubble, so you can see where you're going. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. It's like the primary use of sonar on a submarine. Yeah, you don't have a windscreen, windshield to be able to see out the front to know what's in front of you. <laughs> it, could have, it could possibly have been fitted, uh, because they are going to be looking for that Indominus skeleton underwater. Although, in saying that too, if you can pick up the Indominus skeleton underwater, you can probably also pick up the Mosasaur swimming around, you're going to see a big green mass on your sonar screen, most likely. So it's sort of, 
that's a good little problematic thing there. Why, mm-hmm. why the sonar? It does, it does sort of. We get that sound um, and know that we have, are looking at a submarine here before it comes out of the murky darkness. So maybe just a, a sound effect here to to show us that, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense at all. <laughs> My favorite submersible entrance is still Titanic, where we get the um, things called the Elvin coming out of the darkness as it just keeps sinking lower and lower to the ocean floor. But again, that shot too, you've got the submarine, the, the pinging, because you've got on those deep deep dive submersibles, you've got windows that are only two or three inches round yeah. to, to look out, and you are using sonar to see where the wreck is because it's that black down there. And again mm-hmm. here, they're, they're doing this mission nighttime in a storm, the water's going to be churned up, visibility is going to be extremely low so again maybe the sonar was put in after the fact for this mission at this early stage too we can see two occupants wearing headsets uh, one black man one white man uh, in a Hawaiian shirt so we're supposed to be in Costa Rica but we could also be in Hawaii here with um, (laughs) the Hawaiian shirt as well and it's not Bill Paxton (laughs) (laughs) Um, but as uh, the sub passes a camera and uh its lights dimly shine on a seemingly massive underwater structure, and as they approach, we get a sudden line of bright light as the uh, the two solid objects split open in the middle and begin to open. And um, yeah, the lights and sound of that groaning underwater suggest a big underwater door, and that's where we cut to the surface. And one of my favourite shots in this film, straight up, is um, this nighttime shot looking out over the Mosasaur Lagoon gates. Um, the sort of Jurassic uh, mm-hmm. theme, uh, theme design in these gates, even though they're sort of off out of the visitor's area. And um, the abandoned hulk of Jurassic World in the background. Yeah. Interesting. I actually saw a um, concept art image of this photo, or, I mean, of this shot earlier today. And the originally those two towers there that flank either side of the doors were asymmetrical for some reason. Okay. I guess they ended up just going with um, them both being mirrored just for ease of animation and looks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously a full CG shot. We do get a flash of lightning and it does light up the area pretty nicely. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of of destruction, buildings and ruins and that sort of thing. We do get a a vehicle here. It's not a G wagon. It's not a 66 um, AMC, and it's not uh, anything else we've seen. It's not a C10 maintenance truck. It seems to be a. I thought it was a Chev, but I, I think it's a Bronco. Looking. I was just truck. about to say that. It kind of looks like a white Bronco. Yeah, parked um, alongside the gates too. The juice is loose. <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna cut to the um, the mercenary technician in a minute beside the generator but throughout this whole scene we've got these emergency um, sort of working floodlights but they're all orange tinted I don't know we know from Camp Cretaceous that the setup was this team's here access the lagoon get the Indominus and get out Wu's team was going to another spot do we know of any other teams doing anything else on the island that weren't that we haven't seen yet um, not that I know of, though, now that I think of it, they would have had to have restored power to this entire area. It's not like, it's not like you can just 
restore powers to the door alone. It all runs on a circuit, so they probably restored power to the gates and everything else running on that circuit. Mm. So any kind of construction lights they might have had around, um, building lights, stuff like that, pretty much anything that's still running. Yeah, and we'll get to that when we get to the gen- with the tech with the generators next minute. But the um, it's just weird because all these work lights they all run off generators, so it's like there's been some operation on the island, whether it's these guys or um, something earlier. And these because we know from Jurassic World, everything was LED lighting, and that's crisp, clear white light, and this is all sort of amber, much like the Lost mm-hmm. World, just that dull fluorescent lighting um, that's aged considerably. So. Mm-hmm. I suppose we can talk about more when we get to Main Street because it's there everywhere as well. It's just like there's been something else, some other operation here that um, we don't know about. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, you can see lights along the uh, wall that look mm-hmm. like they would have been exterior lighting them. They're the same kind of color of light. So these may have been, this is probably a worker's area that the... Uh, public wouldn't have had access to. Yeah, and you can clearly see too with this aerial shot the the lights lighting up the water, and even the glow of the submarine underneath the water too. Mm-hmm. Um, and some lighting off in Main Street, off to the side of the promenade near um, the Mosasaur Amphitheater, I call it, um, which we know where the uh, the generator tech and that all that stuff set up in future minutes. So, but yeah, great. I love just love the uh, the shot, just the storm raging on. Again, mm-hmm. here we are back. In uh, Costa Rica, it's raining, it's wet, there's a storm just um, devastating the island, and these guys decide to uh, go in and do this mission right in the middle of it. Something that you talked about earlier was how it's seemingly landlocked, a submarine entering a seemingly landlocked lagoon. (laughs) But if you look at the old maps of Isla Nublar on the computer screen, it does have this river system that goes almost to right where the lagoon is. And we can uh, imagine that, say, Masrani dug out the river a little bit more to fit more water access to flow into in and out of the lagoon. So you can justify that fact that this river system has always existed, and it just so happens that Masrani took advantage of it. Mm. Yeah, I think the... And it's also, too, because all we see is this one shot. We don't see much beyond the gates. We only see a few hundred yards um, where it looks like it opens out to the ocean where, as you said, it could just be the start of the river system. And I think the biggest issue here is what we get on the map where it clearly shows everything moved around a little bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because here, yes, if you use this off the original Jurassic World map, yes, of course, where these dock and that is that rivers run inland to um, the Mosasaur Lagoon, and obviously they're going to want water access there. My bigger concern here is the fact that they're opening the gates to a supposedly enclosed ecosystem. Uh, Yes, they don't really care. The Mosasaur should be dead already. But having having these (laughs) gates been able to operate, they'd be like like having Free Willy's tank open onto the Mississippi River, just, it, it'd be it'd be bad for everyone involved. <laughs> uh, I imagine that it was probably for maintenance things, like if they had to put a larger boat into the water, it's not like they have, they don't have to carry it all the way from, like across the island by land and put it in the water, like right there on Main Street, they can actually take it up the river. 
Well, also to just the construction of the lagoon. Um, mm-hmm. How early? Surely they would have had to have a viable um, mosasaur or some sort of specimen ready to go, so they knew that um, the lagoon would need to be built in that. So it's probably in there growing in its juvenile years while they're building the monorail piles, pylons across the lagoon and the fences and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you're going to be able to want to get barges in and out and that sort of stuff as well. So, But uh, as we're sitting there above the surface, we get um, uh, we can hear the siren blasting and the gates opening. Uh, and then we get the title on screen, Isla Nublar, 120 miles west of Costa Rica. I would have loved, and it should have had a title card here saying six months after the fall of Jurassic World or something, just so we get an idea of timing because it's not. Yeah. It's only afterwards, Colin saying on Twitter or whatever else. Oh well, this is six months later. Later, and then we jump four years at the end of this scene. It's. Mm-hmm. We need it back then because it was pretty confusing. <laughs> Especially the way the scene plays out, where they assume that anything there's it would have been dead by then, and it's like, well, after four years, yeah, you can be pretty assured of that. But mm-hmm. after six months, eh... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and. And you sort of look at this scene, or as we what go through this scene, thinking, right, it's been four years later. You sort of, again, some of the concept art for Main Street, and we're going to see it more when we come back, where it actually is four years later, and how decimated buildings and that are on par with what we see of the worker village and that in the Lost World, just what four years of abandonment does on an island like this. Mm-hmm. Here we don't sort of have... Even in the flash of lightning for this shot and CG, but there's a lot of green around the fallen buildings already. When we get do get to Main Street, we've still got <laughs> upturned cars and that, but nothing's really devastated. Jungle's always ready to return. Yes, yes. The, then the, really, the only thing that um, wouldn't make you believe this sh- could or should be four years later when the film's set is the fact that they're going to get the DNA from the Indominus and then we're going to cut and a week later, we've got the Indo- the Indoraptor already fully grown, or grown up, where we know we needed this this um, piece of Indominus to get that project going, mm-hmm. which is why we need the time jump in the mean to start with, and for Owen and Claire to grow apart again, just to come back together. So, as we mentioned at the start too, Camp Cretaceous fills in, season three fills in a lot of what's going on here. This is a Mills operation to secure Henry's um, laptop from the lab and. Um, the other team to get DNA from the Indominus. Uh, we should mention this is an InGen. As far as InGen's concerned, they don't exist mm. anymore. There's no... We'll keep an eye out as we go further through the film, but I'm pretty sure InGen, as Hoskins said, was in Chapter 11 as soon as the uh, Jurassic World incident occurred. We don't know... I don't. Do we get what Lockwood's company's called? That Mills I don't even know if he... We has a company really it seemed to me more that he was just rich to begin with <laughs> and been really financing i know uh, mills is spending his money He's, yeah he hired mills to spend his money put it to where mm-hmm. good cause and that but sure yeah obviously there must be some sure corporations that if he's doing all this stuff on the back in the mm-hmm. background but um i guess it's it's alluded to, and again, when we get there, we'll get there, that the um, story between Hammond and Lockwood, <clears throat> uh, their partnership existed before InGen's creation uh, in the lab under Lockwood Manor, and we know 
Lockwood and his daughter went to Jurassic Park during construction, but I think by then they'd probably already been on the outs. Um, I suppose we'll get to more to that when we get to get to the mansion because there's some a lot of backstory that we just never got, which is a shame. And I don't know how without sort of more novels or something how you'd get that backstory told. But as the uh, minute ends, the submersible passes through the gates and uh, enters the lagoon. And as you said, there is something lurking in there that they do not think st is still alive. We'll get more of that next minute. Dave, anything else on minute two you want to discuss before we gave you for the day? No, I think we're good. 